0: The second reading in from Romans, I don't have it in front of me, I'm paraphrasing, but it says that God may enlighten your mind that you may know what is good, pleasing, and perfect. And the, to begin to see how the perfect will of God in our life, which is so different than what the world who do not know Christ think the world is all about. Isn't it true that most of us are trying to run away from some cross or other that comes up in our lives? And yet that is the very thing that we will appreciate the most when we uh, get to eternity, which is right around the corner in the midst of this pandemic and all the other three or four really quite awful things going on simultaneously in the country and the world, not to mention, you know, things like Beirut and other, other things that aren't even getting news as much as they probably ought to be. Said uh, how does one cope with this and it, more and more one realizes that we have dual citizenship, that heaven and, and the, the world to come is right around the corner and it is forever so whatever we're going through here is minuscule compared to the world that we really belong in so all of this is a test and what we go through for love for someone is what values the most, that's the real goal so when, if we run away from the cross we're running away from wealth But it's very hard to see this in the real world. One remembers something from the imitation of Christ. This is, uh, I I was reading, I read it once when I was at Big Sur at the Camaldolese. If you ever take uh, the coast route down, Route 1, I don't don't know if they're open right now with all that's going on, but they have a little hermitage for now. Men and women used to be only men. And it's an interesting place where they open a little, uh, little, um, a little window, and they put your food in there. You're really in a hermitage, but you've got a great view of the, of the water. And I read, I read the invitation to Christ there for the first time. I was, uh, just had left a monastery. I was trying to find what God wanted me to do. And too many crosses in that place, but I found even more when I got into this life. But it said, you may go where you will. If you run away from one cross, you can be sure you're going to find another one, and probably heavier than the one you were running away from. And that is really a truism, because God has something in mind. If we're, if we're not in the midst of some troubles, we soon will be. If we can anesthetize ourselves from everything with enough wealth, money, and power, then we've lost everything. What did Jesus say? What does it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? It, it's a funny thing to bring up, but I, was, I, I, love, I love looking at... at um, antiquity, particularly the history of Rome, and, and, and that sort of thing. Is, it's just a fascinating uh, thing, and there are many parallels to our world today, actually, in that world. Nero, not only did he persecute Christians, but he was hated by, his, by the Romans of his time. After, after Rome burned, he took that, that this is why they, people suspect he did it on purpose, nobody knows for sure, but after much of Rome burned, he took that land that had been burned Uh, confiscated it and built a huge palace to himself in the middle of Rome, including a large lake uh, that was all for him. So when he uh, left the scene, thanks be to God for death, because otherwise some of these people would probably still be with us, and uh, they drained the lake, and in order to to keep the empire going, to keep the, the people happy, they drained that lake and put the Colosseum right in that lake. Um, So, the point is that he had the whole world in his hands, but he couldn't keep it. And where is he now? I wonder. You know, we'll find out in the next world. These people didn't know God as we know him, but they're still judged on what they did, what they knew, uh, and what they didn't. Maybe he was insane, who knows. I think there's a lot of people that are insane in this world that think that money is everything, and they're absolutely dead wrong. Again, this is not a political statement, but I read this the other day, that 12 people in this country own at least 60 or 70% of all the wealth. I think that's really, I think they should be very worried because that is not what life is all about. You know, how much money does a person need? And you can, you can push everything away with that, kind, with that kind of money and power. But all throughout history, fools have always thought that this is the goal of life, and it just isn't. It's the exact opposite and so Peter, of course, has this same idea. he doesn't want Jesus to be killed; they think he's going to uh, save them from the Romans. So he says, "Get you know he says, "God forbid, who wouldn't say this to a friend? God forbid we don't want you to be killed, let alone by the religious leaders. You're supposed to be the Messiah. We think that's who you are and he says, well you're not thinking like human beings do. You're thinking like you're not thinking like God. You're thinking like a human being. You don't understand what life is all about, and none of us really do. I, I don't like a cross any more than you do, but sometimes we, we can see while during it the good that God is doing in the midst of one right now, a number of people are for various reasons. And it comes across, you know, my desk here and I probably know more than most about what's going on around here. But uh It's not easy, but good things will come at the end if we hold on to God. And like I said, I think the more things get goofy in this world, the more we should think about the world to come, that we are only temporary residents in this world to make a difference and then to look and put our wealth in the kingdom of heaven, and that lasts forever. So how do we do that? By just accepting what God gives us in each moment, you know, living in that present moment. God forbid I should ask for more crosses than I receive, but please, God, perhaps... I can accept it just for today or perhaps just for this hour. St. Faustina is one of my favorite saints. She doesn't appeal to everybody, but she's, she managed to get into this convent and people found out she was having visions very early on. They, many of them thought she was a kook and told her so, And but her spiritual advisor encouraged her to keep going and to be very obedient to her superior, and so she was. But um, uh, there were many things that our Lord... Um, said to her, but one of the more interesting ones was, you know, she was very afraid, you know, she, she really wanted to be a good sister, but she always felt like she wasn't, and she was, if, after things had been going for a while, uh, Jesus said to her, you know, I want, what I want is a, a, a religious order dedicated to my mercy, and she got the impression that she was going to be leading it and leaving that convent she loved so much and barely got into because she didn't feel qualified neither did the nuns that let her in so uh, eventually she became a very good nun except for these visions that everybody thought were a, few, a little bit crazy in fact one of the nuns came up to her once and they said to her sister jesus doesn't appear to 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 sinners like you so don't get that get this out of your head you're too much of a sinner to ever see God and she came to Jesus weeping and he said well she's got it exactly wrong the sinners are the ones I love to come to so you know it's, it's that kind of stuff that's kind of interesting but uh, she was told all throughout the the book that she wrote out of which Divine Mercy Sunday came and I think she'll probably be a doctor of the church someday but she said uh, Jesus kept uh, implying that she was going to be leaving and founding an order. And she was just so upset and so upset. And she's either seeing him physically with her eyes or having locutions within, something that most of us have never experienced. And yet Jesus, you know, she died in that comet without ever leaving there to found that community. And Jesus never told her. He never told her that uh, actually what he meant was that she would be leaving the foundation for someone else to build it. He let her... Uh, suffer with that mis- 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 uh, this misinterpretation of what Jesus was saying. And I think we all, at times, are allowed to not understand why God has permitted something. I wonder myself, it's the same with how often I brought this up with St. Joseph. You know, I always think about poor St. Joseph who wanted to marry this this nice girl from Nazareth, who we knew was religious, and then he, she comes, he comes back because they're not living together yet. That's the way marriage worked then, you know, betrothal. And then you move in nine, nine months later something like that. And she's, you know, with child. And she says, oh, well, God's the father, you know, and all that. And, and he doesn't believe a word of it. But, you know, God doesn't enlighten them until after they've suffered. It seems gratuitous and Unnecessary. And yet, that was God's will for them. That gives us a clue that at times we're going to have to live with that, with that not knowing, and that's on purpose so that we grow in trust of God and love of God. And so that, and interestingly enough, in thinking about that story, I brought that story up again because um, we have benefited from her visions of that community. Think about it for a minute. Whom did we have here for three months? The family of Mary, what are they dedicated to? The mercy of God. See, that community flowed out of her vision. She wasn't to lead it, but we benefited from it. And she didn't understand. And by by allowing God to test her and purify her, she became holier. St. Teresa of Avila made a statement. She said, if we were but to live in the presence of God... For one year we would reach the heights of holiness without even knowing it. So I said, Lord, every time I say, Lord, I'm going to try this, he takes me up on it, and I blow it almost immediately. You know, It's like, I want to live in your presence until I get caught on Front Street with a train. I say, Lord, I love you. I'll do anything for you. And then I'm down there ready to go to the hospital. <laughs> you know, there's that, there's that log truck. And it's always when I can't turn around anymore. And then it backs up why do these things back up that's when i have to go to confession <laughs> but i mean you know that's where but that, in a way that's that's it's a very simple cross but how many have i spoken to or dealt with here and or in other places i'm covering for father tim a little bit this week because he's been in bed and somebody's taking care of a sick relative and it's very difficult but you know they they're offering up their life and their time and it's not easy but I'll read the same scripture to the to everyone when I anoint them in that situation my my yoke is easy and my burden of life there's nothing light and easy about about being a caregiver or or visiting regularly uh, or being upset about somebody that has got a chronic illness or something but it is a light burden when we love somebody and so jesus sometimes allows us to have something so that we'll share something with him we have to realize that in heaven is very close by and we have a choice of where we're going to go also that's not that's not a subject for this sermon but one thinks about the levels of heaven there's no way for us to understand what that means um some, the nuns used to call it what residential, what what location you know we're going to be in, what residential development. But I think what it really means, he is making a house for us, and I think that's a literal, I do think that's a literal thing of some kind. After all, Jesus was a carpenter, right? But it really is how much do I understand of God? And the more I've been through, the more I'm going to understand God. And the more I understand God, the more it's going to be like that for eternity. We'll sit down to have a meal with him. I don't know what the restaurant or something. We can't picture this but you know the kind of things that we that the two human beings do and to be able to talk about what we went through. We went through COVID. We stuck with the church. Some of us couldn't come. Some are. Some are afraid. Some not. Some are having financial problems. Some aren't. Back and forth, the, the things going on in Portland. What do we feel about it? And, you know, we're all suffering from these different things. And, and God, we can talk about it with God because we we're trying to be faithful through this whole thing. And we thank him for the times that he forgave us. And, and that's what life's all about. We don't want to say, well, I escaped the whole thing and went on a cruise boat. Well, there's no place to go to do that. But the point is, is that, is that uh, even if we try to escape it, we can't. A person that suffers and screams about their, about their crosses gains no graces and still has to go through it. So it's best to learn how to deal with it in a dignified way. And the best way, we're in the best position possible because we can look at the crucifix and realize if his suffering had meaning, mine really has meaning too as long as I connect it with him. That's all that matters. doesn't matter what we go through. It's very temporary. And what does he say at the end of this rather scary reading? Following me with my cross. We have to lose this, our life and then we'll find it. Um, but he says, the Son of Man is going to come we're all going to see this. I can picture this. The Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, Even especially the people that didn't believe he existed. But there he comes. And then he's going to repay everyone according to their conduct. And that's uh, And that repayment is going to last forever. So we live in a very interesting times we were meant for these times all of us were meant to be make a difference and this is the thing that God's given us maybe it's the biggest situation we'll ever face in our lives but whatever one way or another God has something good for us at the end of it and that's something we can keep our eyes on and we can trust God to make it good for us especially the more we trust him the more even in this life we begin to see the blessings that come from even the most difficult situations that we have.